0: All right, let me pull up the letter for this week. I'm going through these emails. I don't, we don't have a letter. Huh? So, if we don't have a letter, what are we going to talk about?
1: I don't know, your mama. We're
0: going to have to. Nobody sent us a letter. And the show is based around answering letters from the children.
1: Basically. Oh boy. Oh God, what is an auntie to do?
0: Well, the first thing we need to do is make sure that our children send us letters. We need that.
1: What's good? What's good, (laughs) y'all? It's like, where do you get a resource Mm. that is us?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So how many gay aunties do you have? I didn't have any, and I know I needed some, okay? <laughs> I definitely needed some. And so if I had an opportunity to, like, write a letter or get some advice from um, older women uh, in my community, that would be an invaluable resource for me. So mm-hmm. if I were a young, budding lesbian or or Queer person finding my way in the world, I would probably send a letter to your gay aunties at gmail.com right now to make sure <laughs> that your gay aunties have uh, your letter in their box to send you all the good advice about life, love, and the world that is going on right now. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I certainly agree. I certainly agree. <laughs> well, luckily, we even though we don't have a letter in the Gmail account, we do have an inbox on Instagram, which is another way that you can just send a quick question to your aunties and find out, you gay aunties, what do you think about this or that or the other? And we will answer that as well. So maybe you are a little pressed or stressed, like mm, writing a whole letter out is just a little much. You can send us a, a what is that, a DM on Instagram? <laughs> oh, God,
1: <You're> such a <laughs> I was auntie. Thinking, I was
0: like, what the differences? Because there's one thing on on each, it's different on each platform.
1: It's all words, it's <laughs> yeah. all
0: words. So you can send us any questions that you have on instagram as well (laughs) we made it easier for you because we know you're on instagram and guess what else we are twitter
1: (laughs) we are moving on up y'all we in twitter land now we're twittering
0: so you can uh hit us up on twitter as well and ask us anything that you would like to ask us because i am red summer and
1: i'm honey for walida
0: we are
1: your gay asses. <laughs> hey,
0: baby. <babies. laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, even though we don't have a letter today, well, actually, we do kind of have a letter today. Yes, we yeah. do. We do. We have a lot to talk about today. We're so excited about uh, today, as we are every Sunday that we um, record this podcast um, for y'all. Right. Um, okay. Well, first of all, what's good with you, girl? What's new?
0: Um I'm kind of on chill mode. You know, it's it's the end of the summer. The weather just broke here. So, you know, a lot of my friends that were out running around and, and trying to be in the streets, now they are trying to be at home. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, something by that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's real chill around. Mhm.
1: Well, you I'm good, but i'm one of your one of your friends too that's just like that as as you called it what cuffing season as you say yeah. <laughs>
0: It is cuffing season.
1: Well, you know what? I ain't trying to cuff a, a chick. If y'all who, who don't know what cuffing season is, uh, as Red explained to me, it's you know, um, after y'all had your hot girl summer or, or hot boy summer or whatever, and you know, you just trying, you hopping around to this person, that person, but then you're like, you know what? It's getting cold. I think I need a steady up in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of trying to cuff, but not really, because I really don't got much for a bitch right now. I'm really trying to, um, you know, um, I'm grinding, girl. So, you know, it's hard to focus on the love and the things. But, you know, I'm open, you know, to cuddling season. Nice.
0: Oh, that's another one. I like cuddling season. Cuddling's free. <laughs> <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I. Well, what are you working on? I'm, I'm working on, I'm really excited um, about a project that I've been, that's been ruminating, that's, you know, I've slowly been piecing um, together and still I'm um, evolving. And um, the project is called Bloom. All right. Um, now I'll probably talk about Bloom as it as we start to work on it um, some more, um, but Bloom um, is a project that I is basically it, it was a th- it initially was a theater project uh, that I did with my girlfriend at the time and my really close friend um, uh, Demia, who unfortunately passed um, last year of cancer, mm-hmm. Fuck cancer. Yeah. Um. But one of the things that one of the gifts. Um. Uh that was left was that Demia asked me to to revisit Bloom. Before she passed, we always talked about Bloom, about revisiting Bloom and making it something. We just wasn't clear on what that could be, you know. So she left that in my lap um, upon her passing. And um, so I've been sitting and like, how can I bring this back up? I don't want to do theater again because theater is expensive, theater is fleeting, you know. So what I've decided to do um, was to create basically a podcast series, um, revisit all these characters, bring them up to date. So there's, there's there's a whole process with that. That. Oh, and then wow. exactly, um, and yes, I'm really excited about that. I already got some of the original cast involved. You know, um, I'm using my my connects, my friends who are also very creative. You know, producers doing their thing in the world. We're gonna all come together. This is basically gonna be a Black woman strong project, as mm-hmm. the original one was, right? But you know, as the creative process goes on, you realize that okay, so. This, creating this podcast, though it is a huge creative project, it's more accessible than doing theater. Um, I needed something even more accessible to begin to get the the, the motion going. Yeah. Sometimes you need, you have an idea for a creative project, but sometimes you need to do a, a, a smaller project to help feed that bigger project, to help with the momentum that's even more accessible. So with that, now we have Bloom, Ain't I a Flower?, Mm-hmm. That yes, yes, um, that is based around the value um, of Black women. So Bloom is initially this idea that um, it, it's kind of um, correlating or, or uh, 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 using a dandelion as metaphor to Black women because dandelions mm-hmm. um, are not weeds; they're actual flowers. They're mm-hmm. they're overlooked and misunderstood. Um, dandelions they they they're deemed to have little or to no value, but actually they have. Incredible medicinal value. (laughs) You know, it's like you have a gold mine in your yard and you're just mowing over it, you know, and when a dandelion ages, it becomes that white, you know, fluffy thing that we all blow wishes on. Okay. So, in using that as a metaphor for Black women, I've also been really concerned with this idea of all these missing, there's up to 75,000 missing Black women and girls in this country, and and few of us know their name, right? right? Right. um any one of their names for that matter um and so i'm i'm sitting and i'm thinking being the queer and one beautiful artist that i am <laughs> and i'm like this idea of missing is is deeper than their bodies missing their value is missing and then you expound right. that on the on this idea that you know the the black women that we have here that we can feel and touch and know you know how that because their value is missing um when women um uh uh uh, uh, talk about sexual assault, um, that because their value is missing, um, they're not believed. When masculine women like myself, when our womanhood is questioned, that's yeah, yeah. because our value and the understanding of the full value of women is 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 not there. So that is where I am right now with this project. And so I I talked to um, Courtney Brooks, who is the head curator up at ARCS Exchange ATL in East Point, Nice. An amazing, amazing, incredible um, place. Um, They have the Sinclair Gallery inside that is always open Mm -hmm. and free. Um, And they also have a theater in there. They have artist studios and residencies. They have an incredible space on Newman um, and East Point. So I I stepped to her. I said, this is my project. This is what I want to do. She was feeling my passion with it. And so she slotted. She pinned me in for June, June 2020, which I think is wonderful. I'm also talking with an incredible photographer. I'm out here in Atlanta that I've been following her work. And she's not just a credible photographer. She's an incredible person. And you see that through her work as well. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Excuse me, Melissa um, Alexander um check out her uh, her instagram we'll put it all in this when we post the show But so all this is coming together so i'm starting to feel momentum wow. um yeah. and if you're an artist out there you know once you start to feel momentum with a project it starts taking on a life of its own and so yeah. i'm excited to yeah. meet um you know all the women that i'm going to be interviewing but it's going to be a whole installation uh, oral history the value of the black women here in atlanta mm-hmm. you know um and so i'm just excited so that's that's what's on my plate right now creatively and i can't tell you i am so so excited
0: no, yeah, I remember Arts Exchange um, in their old building because they were yes. in the city, and we started mm-hmm. um, educated gangsters there. So, Say
1: word, yeah. what's yeah?
0: So it was um, a play, a poetry play, basically. <sighs> uh, some some of the most amazing poets in in the city. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was awesome to be in that space, and I'm sure it's it's more amazing now in the new space.
1: Yeah, yeah. The new space is incredible. I mean, the new space is the only space I've known because I've only been here a year. So I didn't even yeah. know it wasn't. Yeah, and Cordy mentioned they was in an older space. I was like, oh wow. I didn't even realize they was in an older space, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's new and great and wonderful with me. Um, and yeah.
0: I'm so, so- excited for that. Yeah, yeah cool. I can come and see it. Yay!
1: <laughs> oh, trust me, trust me. Like I said, you guys will hear more of this as we uh piece it um together. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. Fantastic.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. So what is new in the new? Okay. Yes. We wanted to talk <laughs> about the Amber Geyer forgiveness fiasco. At least that's what I consider it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I let you take the lead on this one because what I have had to say... About this is a little different from. Oh, really?
1: Okay. I'll say, I think mine's a little different too. So I hope you're not thinking of the same thing. But (laughs) all right. So the argument has been okay, you know, or or at least, you know, the initial reaction for most black folks that I know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like, what the fuck? Okay. You know, why are we always forgiving these motherfuckers? Mm -hmm. You know, and in in my opinion, when I listen to the actual audio of some of her testimony, Regardless of the the bullshit white tears, I hear the bullshit in her voice. I just I did not believe I did not believe the defense. Mm-hmm. You know I did not believe the tone of her voice. Yeah. You know, I, and I I don't believe her story. I didn't believe it from the beginning. We were just reading it before they even got got to court. You know what I mean? So I'm like, no, I'm cool. It's like what adult human being who has their mental faculties? Mm-hmm. We all have been a little tipsy coming out the elevator, and re- and you know it take us a minute to realize we we're on the wrong floor. Okay. You know, we might even walk up to the wrong door, but there's there's a there's, a, 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 um, there's something that kicks in our human psyches. You know, sense of, you know like danger, prey, whatever. Oh, I'm in the wrong spot. Maybe when your key doesn't work. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll look up. I don't care how drunk. I don't care what the deal is. And the thing is, she was sober. So how do you not know? How do you break into an apartment that is not yours? Mm-hmm. Okay, and she already had beef with this dude to begin with. Yeah. All right, so let's 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 stop the bullshit right there. I don't believe a fucker, you know. I hope she gets to to meet big, you know, big Keisha up in jail, <laughs> and she get her weekly <laughs> beatdowns, and and servitude is a is mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I must keep it like that. But yeah. in regards to the the act of the brother and the father. Mm-hmm. essentially forgiving her in such a public spectacle. That is my issue. My issue is not to argue forgiveness. I understand the power of forgiveness, even if something is horrible as this, you know, because forgiveness is not about the other person. It is about yourself. And that's what the family kind of said. Like, I am wanting to forgive her for myself, because I need to let this go in some way. I understand mm-hmm. that because pain and anger is weighty. But Why does it always have to be a public spectacle? Why does it have... You can forgive someone in private. You can forgive someone in silence. You can Mm -hmm. forgive someone without telling them that you're forgiving them, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, because people like her, um, people, white people of authority who are drunk off authority, they don't understand that shit. They just happy they got something to help. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like nah, nah, nah. And she and they gave her ten years, and she may only do five for killing your brother, caught in a cold blooded murder. Yeah. All right. So I can take. It's going to take at least that long. It would take me at least that long to even drum up the idea of forgiveness of you. You know but why is it a spectacle why now you know you listen to the news and like oh this amazing thing happened oh yes blah 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 and then you have you know the christian saying oh yes that's what we about forgiveness we're going to go into that later <laughs> but <laughs> but my my issue is why is it a public spectacle why what or rather, to understand that forgiveness is something that doesn't need to be a public thing. You don't even need to talk to the person that you want to forgive. This is your process. Forgiveness is your process of forgiving and letting go of the pain that's been inflicted on you. Yeah. So that's my take on it. Um
0: yes. <laughs> like, I agree. Um, I also I also know that I don't get to like have a say in how. Other people process that kind of loss. Like, I have not experienced um, the loss of a parent, the loss of a sibling, the loss of a child. I have no idea how I would be able to move on from that place, right? And I really am not here for your opinion on how I do that uh, when I do that, right? (laughs) Um, And so I think one thing about it being in a public space is that, of course, it's open to all of the criticism on both sides, right? Um, But I think, too, we forget that these people still have to live there and that um, they're probably living with and experiencing a lot of, Um, retaliation. I'm not saying that they are, but I'm saying that it's absolutely possible um, that they would have the audacity to push forward and and try a police officer. And we know the whole blue line thing and and how that works. Um, I know there's also been a lot of conversation about these hugs, right? Um, The brother and the father Uh, hugging this woman and the judge hugging this woman. And so the first time I saw it, I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. Right. (laughs) We haven't seen that before, but then I thought also, oh yeah, but we haven't seen judges like prosecuting police officers before either. Mm. And (laughs) and also
1: note that this judge was endorsed by the Dallas police.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the, the, Chief of the Dallas Police is also a black woman, mm. so there's a a lot of things that are going on in play um, that are kind of interesting. There was a, a I think it's a Sheik. Um, there was a, another police chief in Texas who wore the turban mm, and got killed. Yeah, and he was murdered. So I. Mm, there are a lot of things that we look at now. And I remember seeing those shirts that's like, I am not my ancestors, right? Um, That we get to have this detached, like looking from a safe position Mm. um, attitude about things when the boy that lived next door who testified against the officer has been shot and killed. You know what I'm saying? And I... I the immediately i'm like oh well the police shot him for having the audacity to to testify against their girl right Mm. this is texas like it is not beyond comprehension that if you because they've been living under the safety of being able to kill indiscriminately without repercussions right mm-hmm. across the country, they, they've they been protected. They have a whole system set up where they get to do things and they get to get off with it. And it didn't work this time. And if it didn't work this time, is it not going to work next time, next time and next time and next time? And wait a minute, what's going on? What's happening here? So then you start scrambling to get your power back. I I. I think that this was probably a, a protective measure. Mm, wow. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's interesting because the, the also the other neighbor, this sister who videotaped some of this immigration. Yeah, she's been fired. Like she feel that she's been it's been that she's been retaliated on as well. Mm-hmm. That she wound up losing her job. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I mean, that that's fair enough. And to say that we don't know the inner workings, even though the father got on the pulpit and was on some real, like this is my Christian yeah. values. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how far I can go into believing that this was all a ploy to protect their family, but
0: mm-hmm. maybe But i just... that there's a lot of things at play. And I've only been to traffic court, right? <laughs> okay. So I've only been in court in that capacity. But when mm-hmm. I've been in court- I easily recognize that the judge, the prosecutors, the defendants, and the police officers work together. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. like that's their office, right? <laughs> They're there yeah. every day with each other. When what I watched the the um, police officer shackle this boy for a traffic violation and take him to jail, and his lawyer went over to the the prosecutor, and was like, oh man, you got my key. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And they laughed about it and like, and I said, oh, they're friends. Mm. (laughs) And then it kind of changed my concept about like what this was about. It's not somebody on your side fighting against somebody on the other side. They're on the same side. And so having a, a judge in that position To like be the one to prosecute. I remember there was a video of her like beforehand, like swinging her arms and like shaking her head, trying to like get ready to go back on the bench, the judge. And people were like, "Oh, she' about to go off. Like she's about to go in there and get that woman twenty five to life. Like oh, it's about to go down." But in hindsight, I'm like, "Oh, she might have been like, all right, like." you about to end your whole career right now <laughs> like mm. right? you're about to put yourself and your family in danger okay like you got to hug that bitch yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and we don't like it's really easy to pick the 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 point to jump on mm. there they hug, blah, blah 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 but we're not in there yeah, yeah, yeah. and and as much as I am so tired of white women's tears being used to um, excuse the murder of our people, there's a lot of people that, that are in the position when those tears are falling that they got to make a decision. I ain't never mm. had to make a decision other than shut up, quick, quiet. <laughs> we don't want to hear that, heaven. right? And I I'm from a safe position to make that you know, to have that position. Because, well, it don't
1: matter. All right. Well, you know, I have been in a position where I've had a loved one killed by somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, this is a long time ago. And you're right. Everyone handles these kinds of um, traumas differently. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I handle it differently than my father. My father handled it differently than the rest of my family. You know, Um, and we all deal with pain differently. Whereas my family went to the court, I mean, to the... um, To the trial, when they did finally capture this nigga (laughs) to the trial, I didn't because I, I honestly didn't think I wanted, actually I know, I didn't want to see his face. I don't know how this, the guy who killed my brother some years ago, I don't know how he looks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't want to know how he looks. And since he's all, he's also been released since then, this is back in the early 90s, oh, you know, yeah. um, so I could walk by him in the street and I will not know. And I probably couldn't articulate it back then, but now I can say that was it. Like, I know me. If I have a picture of someone that caused me so much pain, that picture, that image will haunt me because that's how my brain works. So I try to distance myself from... Um, visual trauma or trauma that I know that can kind of become a broken record in my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I made a decision not to go um, to uh, the trial, you know, um, where I say my dad, he wanted, he was trying to get this nigga, you know, cut up in jail. <laughs> you know, he would work through his own network to get the, the you know, the, to, to snuff this motherfucker in jail, you know, obviously my, my niece and nephews were dealing with just the pain of losing their father. You know what I mean? And so, and they were young children when that happened. So they're dealing it with a whole, you know, so, and, and then there's their mom who had to take the reins. So there's all this, you're right. Families and different, uh, different people, the different people in your family are going to deal with the same tragedy to your family in different ways.
0: In different
1: ways. Yeah. 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 So I guess, yes, to, of course, and, and again, so my thing is like, I'm not trying to disrespect this family. They're going to do what they're going to do. You know what I mean? Whatever they feel is good for them, who am I to say that it's not? I'm talking about the spectacle of it being in the media Mm -hmm. and another example that white folks can draw from to feel that they can be absolved because a nigga fucking forgives you.
0: You know what I mean? Well, the thing, like once people started talking about like, I can't believe they will forgive them, forgive them. I went on, just went to Google and put family forgives murderer. And it was 20 pages in before I got tired of looking at the stories
1: mm, mm. <laughs> I, I mean, but I, I get the idea of forgiving a murderer, you know i mean i am I'm not a death penalty person. I never have been because I, I i i i feel that people should be put away and locked and put underneath a jail for the entire day a lot of people do need not to ever see sunlight again yeah. um, and I think that is a more grave punishment because the human the human beings cannot survive in solitary, you know that's, that's why mm-hmm. it's a, it's a torture, yeah, torture that bitch until you die. I'm with that
0: yeah
1: (laughs) you (laughs) know but but um it's something about the act of of killing that i'm 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 you know i i'm more have a space of um killing as far as like a murderer you know i have the space to forgive because i know at the end of the day it's for my health it's for my mental health you know um there is a release that happens when you when you empower yourself to forgive you know it doesn't mean forget it doesn't mean come over for dinner. Like, I mean, this family's kind of taking it to the next steps. Like, oh, I would want to, I would want to be friends with her. It's Like, I don't know about that, homie. But hey, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> but forgiveness, I get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, girl, I. But then, what was we talking about just earlier with this forgiveness thing?
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Black people be real quick to forgive everybody, but they gay children. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, because Christianity does not leave space for you to forgive. You know the sinner. Like I love the, the sinner, but not the sin. Like I've heard that personally. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And your, and your that gay that. child did. And your gay child did not bust down your son's door and mm-hmm. kill him cold bloodedly. Right. Okay. Uh, but you could you can forgive this white chick who was clearly fucking lying to her teeth she's trying to save her own fucking ass, as any human being would try would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But you're you're finding a space to forgive her and talk about having her over for biscuits and gravy, okay. But you, you know, you're you as generally speaking, um, a lot of Christian folk cannot forgive their queer children mm-hmm. to the point where you kick them right. out the house, they can't come over
0: for dinner. You can forgive the woman who killed your son, but you can't forgive the. You know, you want to be friends with them, but you don't want to be friends with the man who's loving your son, mm. <laughs> trying to mm. take care of your son mm. abandoning him. Like you, you can't sit down for a meal with some biscuits with with him.
1: Exactly. So mm. there lies. So there lies the hypocrisy, and a lot of. Because a lot of people online and talking about this this, this, this uh, story, you know, a lot of Christians are like, that's the Christian thing to do. They really are taking the high road with this, you know, and and saying that, well, they're being Christian. That's like, really? Well, they're being Christian now, or you're being Christian now.
0: Yeah. So have you seen this, the story, the, um, the Bible museum has opened up here in DC. Excuse me. There's a, a museum of the Bible. What's happening? <laughs> uh uh-huh. I'm sorry. I didn't get that. I'm sorry. My
1: headphones, my what, what, excuse me?
0: Yeah. And so in the museum, they have a slave Bible. Hello, Jesus. And you can see that there are particular books, like whole books that have been taken out of the slave Bible in order to make sure that um, those who were enslaved did not get the stories of rebellion they didn't get stories about like Moses is not in there at all. Like, no mm. even whatsoever. Um, anything about uh vengeance. Wow. All of those wow. stories that were taken out of the Bible. And so the Bible that black people got was the Bible of love and forgiveness and blah blah blah. And so systematically we've passed on that. You know, well, you'll get your reward in heaven. You don't need to have a good life now. You'll have a good mm. afterlife, right? Um, even though forgiveness was not extended to us, you get shot for you know stealing a hat. You, know, you get you know killed for oh, uh, looking woman. at a, right? Exactly, <laughs> looking like a white woman with a hat on. Right. I
1: mean, whatever. Exactly.
0: Exactly that was kind of pushed on us uh, culturally systematically in order to like put the responsibility of forgiveness only on us. And we think that people are supposed to magically undo all of that generations of training, you know, when it's showtime, like mm. that's, that's not how it exactly.
1: works. Exactly. <laughs> and, and speaking of, and speaking of the slave Bible and, and, and Christianity, uh, forced upon us mm. in slavery which was a system of forced labor so
0: yeah
1: so anything that you were given you weren't given you were forced to right anyway but another thing is i remember i, I when all this popped off i wrote on a uh, facebook i said um um why is it that black folks are always you know here to, to show white people jesus aren't they supposed to have known that motherfucker before us you know what i'm saying <laughs> I that. I thought that they, you know what i'm saying They, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they <make> already, <laughs> They're supposed to be have their PhD in Jesus. You uh, know, we supposed to be new with this. They supposed to already had Jesus. You know, but yeah. they still don't show their Jesus, don't show their Christianity, don't show their Christian selves. Because for because their hypocrisy is, yes, we are Christian in and except when it comes to people of color.
0: Except mm. again
1: when it comes to queer folks.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? And then you trickle it down, black folks are like, Yeah, we Christian, except when it comes to queer folks. Yeah. So I don't know Christian check yourself if you're a Christian listen to this you got something to say you know where
0: we at the gay
1: <laughs> Absolutely come for me come for me I'm ready for it you No know, no 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 we can we can speak about forgiveness you know what I'm saying I'm saying say I just want to know I want to know that if your forgiveness is extended to your own blood mm. okay if your forgiveness is extended to yourself so that once you forgive yourself for how you treated your child, that you can soon understand your child because that is the pathway to understanding. You know what? I would
0: like to... Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to invite a, a Christian mom and her gay child on the show. Um, at what stage in their relationship are you speaking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to... Okay, okay. well, well, you know
1: what? Okay, then we'll put that out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we'll put it out for all faiths. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you are if, if you're a queer child yeah. and you are in an interesting, I'll just use the word interesting relationship with your um faith driven parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, whether you are, you know, obviously you have to be in some contact with them. But maybe you're at a, a, a particular juncture in relationship that you want you two to come in, and you know we can be mediators to the oh, to the love yeah. fest. You know, again, we are not professionals, but we are professionals.
0: Mm, yes, we will handle it professionally.
1: <laughs> exactly, we're, we're open to that, and maybe we'll have an actual professional on with us, so we won't fuck up your 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 relationship with your family.
0: But <laughs> oh, we do have some amazing guests that are coming up though oh my
1: gosh yes yeah do. so
0: all right all right all right um so when we start announcing uh the guests that are coming on make sure you all um write letters for our guests to answer, like that's gonna be awesome. Because if you are in a position where you're like, listen, I am tired of this rat race. I am tired of this, you know, techno world that I'm walking through. Like, I need to disconnect from that and like get grounded into something real and on a, a deeper, uh, foundational, energetic level. This sister is who you want to talk to. So if you mm-hmm. are, uh, she's an an empath, and she actually does like heal the healer kind of work too, mm-hmm. uh, help people who help people.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. and Quinn, and, and there are so many queer activists that are doing the do, but not taking enough care of themselves. Yeah, you know. So she helps uh, 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 you kind of reshape your world, so that you support yourself as you support others. Yeah. I also love uh, like when you go on her site, um, she speaks of. Um, how she believes that in healing women that the world can be healed. And when women are on point, the world is on point. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was such a powerful, I mean I'm not saying verbatim. That's not how she said it verbatim, but essentially that's what she's saying. Yeah. Um so, you know, you can all you can go to um, um com. That's L-E-R-I-N-A-L-T-A dot com and read and, and and uh she has a video on there you can watch and see what she's about and when you do that you're going to want to send this sister yeah Um, uh, a letter Mm -hmm. (laughs) because she and we know me and red know her personally and this is one of the most beautiful beings that we know that i know oh
0: my gosh yeah yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) so we're like you got to come on our show
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay she definitely has like
1: ethereal energy. Ethereal, exactly, yes. exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, yes. and she also in her own life has been through hell and back, but we'll leave that for her <laughs> to tell, you know? So yeah, so, so Loren, uh I say Lorraine.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> tomato, tomato.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Lowry- exactly, like exactly
1: exactly exactly anyway so you can you can holler um um at our our guests and ourselves at your gay aunties at gmail.com and lauren she's going to be on next uh week y'all so get those letters to us by next sunday and um we'll read it on
0: air Mm -hmm. yes we will all right. We have other guests
1: coming up after that. Oh, Imagine your aunties doing like, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, vogues right now. And I'm just slamming it, I'm just slamming it, on the floor. All right. I'm so it, shake I'm just
0: slamming it, I'm just slamming
1: it, on the floor. All for our next Sunday brunch will be October 27th, so if okay. you haven't signed up for Sunday brunch, do so at patreon.com slash your gay aunties. It's only $10 a month. All right? Mm-hmm. We are going to have the one and only mm-hmm. Stacy Ann Chin.
0: Oh!
1: <laughs> Poet.
0: Yeah.
1: Revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I ain't playing no motherfucking games. <sighs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Standing so, up on the table, walking across the yes.
1: <laughs> Walking on water while setting the city on fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to have Stacey and Chin um, on um, the last Sunday of this month mm-hmm. um, for Sunday brunch with your gay auntie. So if you want her Ooh. okay, to be answering your letters in your messy queer life. <laughs> Just holler at us at your gay at gmail.com, but she'll be here to also talk about her new book, Crossfire. Mm. You know, and recently she also had a whole series out called Motherstruck about motherhood and mm. her process with that. So there's so much to talk that about with play, the amazing. Right? Um, yeah, it was a play initially, yes, yes, and then it became a series, yes. Okay, you know, so she she's gonna have
0: that's what? right. I forgot about the series. Yes, son. Yes. Okay. No, it it
1: just, is. right? All right. So that's going to be, that show is going to be um, loaded, and you can make it even more special if you send Stacey Ann and ourselves, Stacey Ann Chan and ourselves, your letters, children, because mm-hmm. these are the bitches you want answering your letters. Yes. We are bona fide. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. I understand your gay audience always got your back. All right. So speaking of which, um, we, what are we going to talk about today, uh, about the children, with the children today?
0: So we have a letter. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. give a name or the name uh, because we didn't discuss um on the interaction whether the person wanted to be named. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I will say um Jack. Tamika <laughs> Tamika
1: Tamika okay.
0: Tamika um uh sent us a, a DM the inbox this morning actually. Um, and so we were, we kind of had a conversation a little bit about uh, her wishing that she had um, kind of like mentors, like gay mentors to talk to when she was younger and like where she is in her life now, um, 30 something. Um, she says, okay, in the letter, when I was 17, I was lost. Then I met an older cousin that was a lesbian, and I moved in with her. She taught me about relationships and how to be a woman. It felt so good to be myself around a family member and learn myself. I couldn't do that at home, because at home, I was the adult, taking care of my little brother when my mom was an addict. I was in the streets, in and out of jail, so the women I dated taught me about life. We used to have a program here called Youth Pride for Young Lesbians going through things, but that program ended up getting cut because my mom didn't like the fact that I was gay and kicked me out. Um, For me, wait, so for me, guidance. Wait, and she kicked me out. So for me, guidance on actually the do's and don'ts of being a lesbian was needed because I got lucky and never contracted an STD or any kind of disease, um, I always felt like it was just because I happened to date intelligent women. I hope it mm. makes sense, but I really would have appreciated having access to someone to teach me the do's and don'ts of being a lesbian. Wow, well shit, that's what we're here for. Did there a question in there? Yeah, so I guess the question, is, like, I guess for others, for like in general, do we know what do's and don'ts there would be uh, for being a lesbian? Because I, I'm assuming that the cousin that she moved in with was kind of in her same age range.
1: Okay, uh, got gotcha. you.
0: So they kind of, you know how young people are we kind of tell each other the foolish stuff that we heard from other young people
1: right mm-hmm. we're not really
0: sharing the wisdom of the elders with our friends we're sharing the foolishness from our friends with our other friends <laughs> so, like, <laughs> some of those do's and don'ts that young people would need to know and this is from for her from a masculine perspective oh <laughs> um well i mean first
1: of all i think a lot of the do's and don'ts are overlap with do's or don'ts in any relationship Mm. you know um you are your number one i mean this whole i i I, this whole thing of like we are one i was like no actually you're not um you're doing things together to make life better for yourself and to nourish your relationship but you're not one because when because that is just a preface to losing yourself in someone yeah okay the whole goal relationship is not to lose yourself or to detract from yourself or to blend yourself but to grow and to expand and your partner you and your partner support each other in doing just that so mm-hmm. your household becomes that much greater and stronger and all of that good stuff um so that would be one of my do's and don'ts um get away from this myth of you know y'all attached at the hip you know what i'm saying and you know the whole goal is to be one what is the, what? what's what do you mean one what you talk about well that would make no sense what you're gonna be a, one human being with two with four four arms um, and four knees <laughs> while w- down the street what you talking about yeah. you are your own individual and you still even within your relationship you need to maintain a, a sense of individuality because we all know at least me and red here are sitting here knowing that when you don't feed your sense of individuality then you're not looking and trying to like what do I want in life you don't you stop asking your, yourself what's next what do I want to do next and mm-hmm. it's all about you know what we's going to do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or how can I support her? That's that's the only question you asking. Then it things get a bit skewed and then you find yourself down the road almost either resenting your partner or some deep rooted stuff happens and you wonder why you're breaking up after a long standing relationship because you have not set up the the foundation that you are both here to support each other, but you are both individuals. And you have to see each other and appreciate each other like i love my partner for who she
0: is not that she with me
1: right (laughs) you know what i mean yeah
0: i um have not lived in the world as a a masculine identified woman Mm. um but i do like i'm the the mother of Mm -hmm. uh two masculine identified girls right Mm. Um, and because, you know, I have foster children. So because they came to me um, from different places in life, I see in them like this need to mm. be partnered. Mm. So they, you know, we just call them like, oh, well, you know, they a sucker for love, you know, <laughs> you know they just love to be in a relationship, love to be loved. Um, and, I, you know, even us having that joke within the family, um, I do recognize that a lot of times um, people, and, and I think you've kind of touched on this a, a few times when you talk about like people taking away your, your womanhood, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of times like people forget that a lot of those attributes that we attach to. Uh, femininity still can exist within a masculine body like you want to be touched you want to be kissed you want to be mm. touched, you want to be caressed you want to be loved right um, yes and they expect masculine women to kind of live in a world like we do boys like man up you could do it quick cry like and and live with they them. on the out
1: they on the outside of the cuddle all the time with the spoon <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And so it's it's interesting that you kind of want this thing that is almost in in opposition with you in a lot of times. Like you can't necessarily show up in all of yourselves and be understood. Mm. Um, So a lot of the relationships that my daughters have been in have been like these adversarial relationships where they've been trying to like, you know, not that they're victims or, you know, innocent or whatever, like they're going in like in, in both of their situations, like in these really like wide eyed, bushy tailed they're posting the pictures the week they meet the woman, right? Because <laughs> they're like, oh, I found her. She's the one. And then six months later, I'm like, what happened to the one? Oh, she wasn't the one. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, this is the interesting thing because you made me think about something in regards to like, say, just using your daughters as an example, not say this is how they think, but you know, the thing with masculine uh, uh, women is that a lot of times our sense of self or our masculinity is affirmed by our partner. Now, feminine women, they get affirmation to their of their femininity, of their beauty, of their sexiness, just by walking out the goddamn door. <laughs> You know, by people they don't know, whether they like it or not, they still are, their their sense of place in the world is affirmed, okay? Whereas, you know, I walk out the door, I'm more likely than not going to get some sense of negativity or just a neutral not. So a lot of my, a lot of my affirmation you know, outside of me affirming myself, of course, and in my creative work and all of that, but a lot of my affirmation, my intimate, my personal affirmation comes from my partner, comes from, in my case, a more feminine partner, you know, um, but even people who who um, are attracted to studs, still your, your affirmation of who you are a lot of times comes from your partner, but I think in particular with masculine women, that can be the case, which also can be problematic because it you attach your sense or idea of masculinity or your your idea of who you are so closely to your partner you can become controlling you can become the worst um, example of masculinity you know cuz now you're trying to express it even more and this person you know who is choosing to love you you know now is now obligated to affirm you in a particular way and if you don't do it right then there's a problem so you know, that is, I think, an, an issue, not the only and not solely and, and not for everyone, but it is an issue of a lot of masculine uh uh lesbians, or I guess masculine queer folks, that because masculinity outside of the norm is not affirmed on a regular, consistent basis from different ways and 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 sources, mm-hmm. a lot of times the default is the relationship. And then when you get caught up in that, if your soul affirmation of who you are is coming from your relationship, you have to be mindful. First of all, don't put that on nobody. And don't put that on yourself. And don't put that on your relationship. Yeah. you got to find your affirmation from other places other than your girlfriend. No,
0: that's so that, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 You know?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think, too, um, so one of the I don't know, I guess some of my advice is that there's not going to only be one way to be gay. Like I think Mm -hmm. in masculinity, like in in maleness, there's only one way to be like a real man. But the point of being in queer community is that you get to be everything you want to be. Like today you can be a... A uh, Indian chief and tomorrow you can be <laughs> a <laughs> butterfly like see the point of it and I think when we get caught up in um that there's a right way and a wrong way because I have not been able to participate in the conversations but I still see um in a lot of the like gay Groups like on Facebook and stuff like there's still a lot of conversation about like oh that's gay or oh like you're not a real stud or a real what and I'm like we still doing that like <laughs> we still doing that but as young people and these are mostly young people who are saying those things like of course they are trying to find like where they fit in
1: mm-hmm. and
0: one thing that I like appreciate is that there's also young people who get that and they're like, where's your box? So I can set it on fire. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's making more space for queer people in society. Like I think it's making more space for queer people in work and school and, you know, in social settings and all of that kind of stuff. There was a lot of time where, in my experience like the gays had to be over here together and mm-hmm. now you know the gays show up and they party with everybody else and they you know have a good time and they're like you know I'm here I'm queer right <laughs> um, and so when you get caught in am i doing it right or wrong that's wrong like- <laughs> That's the way if, you if, go. Wrong. If, you
1: had to, if you have to second guess or um or, or second question how you're moving in the world on a regular consistent basis, if you're always checking in with yourself, am I doing this right? You're not because you're checking in with yourself with some bullshit. That's not something that's not something you check in with yourself. Mm. There's no right or wrong. Do you? But the thing is the whole point of life is figuring out what you is, you know, and, and and one other thing, and we've mentioned this before in some prior, or at least I think I've mentioned it before in some prior episode again, back to masculinity and you saying that you know or this understanding that you know there's this one way to be masculine. if you're going if you are a masculine being, the best thing you can do for yourself is to befriend a wide variety of masculine beings, whether they be you know, straight, you know men. Um, other, you know, masculine women who are maybe older or not even just older, but just doing different things in their life. You're going to see that when you have, when you diversify mm-hmm. your pool of folks, as far as what they're actually doing in the world, you're also going to see a diversification of body language, mm-hmm. you know, a diversification of um, the expression of masculinity. And then you can, you have more to, more fodder to pick from what actually speaks to you. Cause I know you can't tell me that a lot of these chicks out here, all right, and excuse me if I say chicks. I just say chicks. What the fuck? Whatever. A lot of these, a lot of these masculine <laughs> sisters out here, y'all all walking, talking the same way. I'm sorry, y'all are not the same Negro. Y'all mm. not the same person. What kind of masculine? What kind of masculine being are you going to be? That's the only question you need to answer for yourself. And that could be a life journey. You can switch it up. You can settle on one thing in your 20s and be another in your 30s and become an a completely other kind of masculine in your 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. There, You don't have to lock into one thing like there's some hard class you know, rule to this whole thing. But the best advice I can give to young masculine people is to diversify your friend pool, friend slash mentor pool of masculine being. It can't just be your running buddies, yo. Because them little bitches don't know shit either. <laughs> they only know what you know.
0: <laughs> They only have lived
1: about as long as you have.
0: So I do have a question about, and then there's another part of the letter that I want to get to. Um, How would a young person find older mentors in these days? Like, especially when people are so separated, like people used to be together physically, like in the same spaces with each other. Now people exist in these um, virtual realms. Like how would a young person find a... A g- gay mentor <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> well
1: listen there's the old school way and there's the newer way which actually speaks to what you're saying as far as us being more us as in queer folks being in the greater world to a greater capacity um i some, you, so you can go along the line doing a traditional route go to your your local um uh center you know lgbt um center or any kind of queer events that's headed up by an older person there's a lot of mentoring kind of groups that are specifically set up for that, mm-hmm. um, or there's always kind of organizations in you. I mean, I can't say for all kind, all, or cities and towns, but there is some sort of organization that you can access, whether on, maybe even, even online,
0: yeah. you
1: know, um you kind of go to, huh? Sammy Zammy, Yeah. You know, so there's, there's different you know, you can you can kinda of go the old school route, like just go for queer organizations and find mentors and and go with the, the with the intent. And it's really intention is really important when you do anything. They mm-hmm. say if my intent is to find a mentor, then I'm going to holler at this whatever Facebook group or this organization with that intent and the people will be drawn to you because your intent is clear. Mm-hmm. Now, the other way is to follow what you actually like to do in life. It has nothing to do with being queer because you more than likely will find someone in that realm. So if you're a dork or a nerd, you know, maybe you're into computers or maybe you're into, I don't know, hang gliding. I don't care what you're into, mm-hmm. but something that is queer adjacent, it's not had nothing really to do with queer because we are out in the world you may attract queer people who's in that world as well, Mm -hmm. which I think is even the greater thing to do because you're, you're meeting someone not on this big queer thing, but like you're, you're both have something in common, but this person may be older than you. So because you're also both queer, they may take a liking to you and just want to look out for you. I think that's our nature to want to look out for younger people, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you have something in common with them. You know what I mean? So, so this, so you can literally go out into the world and find a mentor, but again, it all begins with intent, you know, and don't be timid about it. It's like, be very clear, you know, with people, you know, tell, if you see someone older that you're like, yo, I like her steez. I like how she's rolling. I see myself in this older woman, an older man, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, okay, well, how do I enter their world? You know what I mean? Now. Understand all older people ain't as welcoming as we would like them to be, yeah. but don't, don't let, don't let that deter you. Let them, that's their little disgruntled, whatever's going on with them. They, we have a right
0: to be dicks too, <laughs> and they but i like, hey, like, yeah, available to do that, but I have a friend that I think you will really, you know, enjoy and she's really good at that.
1: Yes, exactly. And you know what? With this being said, let me just shout out to people who are red in eyes age and older. Mm -hmm. You know, um, well, for folks who are, you know, y'all living your life, you're doing your thing, paying your mortgage, you know, you being your grown ass self, reach out to a younger person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, If you haven't, if you don't have a younger person in your family or younger person in your life that you have regular contact to, contact with, reach out and find one. Yeah. really find one it will it will enrich your it will enrich your life mm-hmm. as a person who has grown has lived a little bit to be able to pass a lot of your knowledge um down to them or at least support them as they move through life and you see them doing something you know you've been down that road at least like send up a, a amber alert something like mm-hmm. you know like tell them like no baby stop mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um even in fun and jest but yeah i for for older folks like if you know Seek, seek out too. There's nothing wrong with seeking out younger people who are open, because every young person's open yeah. to be mentored or open to have someone older in their life to look out for them, you know, or maybe they don't know how to express that, you know? So if you see someone younger in your life that's, you know, like, maybe, you know, hey, maybe she needs somebody, you know, or he needs somebody, like, yo, be that person. What, what, what skin is that off your back? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, so the last part in the letter is that um, someone mm. was saying that she really got that guidance from dating older people. Oh. <laughs> oh. And uh-huh. you know, just the mommy part of me is like, leave my babies alone. <laughs> it's like I have. <laughs> you know. Um, I I just have an adverse reaction to that because um I feel like as much as like older people, they get to you know relive that that youthful experience dating younger people like the, the younger power dynamic. Get older, like in order to <laughs> to get along in that space. Now there may be some people like I have a couple of students right now who like they grew up with elders, so the mm-hmm. things that they understand are things that much older people would understand. The jokes that mm-hmm. they try to tell, like their their peers would not get it. Um, just because of the ways that they've been socialized. Um, but I think, so when you reach out to the young people to try to mentor them, you don't have to sleep with them. (laughs) Yeah, that's, um,
1: that's not the goal. That's not the goal. Keep it platonic, please. Um, uh. I am also not a fan. I just think the power dynamic is off. First of all, I don't understand someone. I can't imagine someone my age. I'm in my mid-40s, mid to late-40s. Actually, my birthday's coming up. Um, Yay. (laughs) You know, um, I cannot imagine... Dating someone, say in my 20s, that is such a put off. That is, there's nothing attractive about that. So I'm trying to imagine any older person that would be attracted to dating uh, someone in their 20s. I would be somewhat suspicious of them. You know, not to say that they're, you know, molesting you in some way. You're still technically grown. You can sleep with whomever you want. But I think the power dynamic can be a bit traumatic. I think it it does more damage than anything. the, yeah, you can learn something from an older person, you know, maybe they are even killed in a certain way and you can pick up things. And of course you're going to be hanging around with their friends or you're going to be around older people. And
0: mm-hmm. so there's
1: maybe something to be gained that can maybe feed your sense of adulthood. But at the end of the day, being intimate with someone who is, I don't know, 15, 20 years older than you, I, you know, Hey, look, I, I, I just said, be careful. Yeah. And, and it's hard, it's hard to even say be careful to a younger person because they don't even know what to look be careful for. Like they don't know what to look out for because that thus is the, the, the power dynamic. One knows more, much more than the other.
0: Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then you know you wanna be in a relationship where you are constantly the one that like don't know nothing. Ugh. Like, and everybody's and, looking at you, like, uh, here you go. What you want to get on? Oh Snapchat. You know. And
1: not even in that trivial way, but a lot of things that there's things that young people say that for older folks, it sounds bananas, yo. It's not even to do with technology. It's not about, oh, you were born a different generation. It's about literally we've already done that. So sitting here with somebody and I'm supposed to talk to you as a peer and you talking shit that I was talking when I was in my 20s, that's boring to us. Mm -hmm. That's not something that we want to engage with. So it still is a mystery to me how older people Mm -hmm. (laughs) can date someone who is 20 some odd years younger than them you know, other than maybe sex, but I'm like, come on, and especially with lesbians in particular, I just think the sex gets better as you get older, you know what I mean? We don't have an erection issue, you know, erectile dysfunction issue, we don't, you know, we don't have certain issues, so it just only gets better. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes, there's a lesbian deathbed, that thing is a real thing too, but the actual, you know, um, art, of making love, I think it's better as you get older. Okay. You know the different considerations, it's different ways. You know, but um, anyway, so yeah, um, you know, I to wrap it up. If you're a younger person, if you can find, I mean, look, if your gay aunt is your only mentoring outlet, then that's not a bad one. <laughs> you know, yeah. we will and we will answer your letters. <laughs> <laughs> when you send well, them <laughs> <laughs> when you send them you know um uh but try and have someone who's actually in your life that you can talk face to face have some tea with mm-hmm. and before you make big decisions or even you know this important decisions in your life have someone that you can talk with that knows what's going mm-hmm. on with you you know and has an idea of how your brain works in context with you know your age, how much you've been on time, you've been on the earth, and if they can help you support you make more clearer decisions, then shit, that's beautiful, right. you know. Um, if you want to date someone older than you, that again is your choice, but be mindful. Even though you feel you grown, mm-hmm. even though you are like twenty three, I'm grown, I've graduated college, yada yada, I know my shit, I've got my fuck on, blah blah blah. That has nothing to do with nothing. That is not what we're talking about. There is, by default, going to be a power dynamic because there literally is shit you don't know about life, so you don't know how to navigate it. But the person you're dating does, mm-hmm. so they have power. Okay, and not to say that they want to use it over you, they may unconsciously, you know, enact this kind of power dynamic because they've been doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah. So just be mindful if that's the route. If you're into older women, hey. You know, just, you know, be mindful. And older women, y'all do know
0: better, mm-hmm. but okay. That also is your <laughs> prerogative. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, y'all. Well,
0: thank you. This was good. And thank you yeah, to me good, good for your, yeah. your post
1: thank you for your post, and i'm glad you, you're all good and grown now and you was able to get more positive things mm-hmm. um out of out of your relationship with older women um so that being said again just a quick reminder we have uh laryn alter who's going to be here next week so get your letters you want this woman
0: mm-hmm. answering those
1: letters yeah. okay Because this she's incredible um and also uh october 27th um, we're going to have Stacey Ann chin uh, in the studio. So you definitely want Stacey mm-hmm. and to answer your letter because ain't nobody who answer letter like Stacey nobody. and I can see it now. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Um so she's gonna be again, you know, so we we bring the aunties in house for you um um all um so you have access again to a diversification mm-hmm. of aunties because me and Rick and can't uncles. be in uncles thank you excuse me <laughs> we're, we're very woman focused we know that but always yes. But yes, and uncles as well, uncles as well. Um, so with that being said, if you want to send a letter to your aunties, to your uncles, um, you can do that at your gay aunties at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, Stacey and Chen being our next Sunday brunch guest. If you want to actually see it and not just hear it and also get the episode three days before it's aired, um, become a Sunday brunch Patreon um, supporter. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash yourgayaunties. And yes, we're on Instagram. I mean, yes, we're all quitters. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What the at your gay aunties slash your gay aunties is always your gay aunties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite platform, Pick It, we're there at your gay aunties, except Facebook. So, um, that being said, um, we love y'all, yeah. and uh, we always look forward to speaking with y'all. And I am Hanifa Walida,
0: and I am Red Summer,
1: and we are your gay
0: aunties. Bye, babies. Later, darlings.